As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Wine Soundtrack USA. Listen to the passion with which producers narrate their winery and their world in 30 Answers. Discover their stories, personalities, and passions. Hi, everybody. This is Allison Levine, and today I'm with Michael Fogelman from Sweetser Cellars. We're sitting here at the Garage East Festival where we celebrate small producers, and Sweetser Cellars is one of those. So welcome, Michael, and tell me a little bit about you and Sweetser Cellars. Thank you. So we started making wine in our West Hollywood, California apartment um, after a one-month trip to France with no intention of ever making wine seriously. And we actually lived in a white floor, uh, white-carpeted second-floor apartment. Uh, we brought in half a ton, and by the end, a ton of grapes, and really knew nothing when we started. And after five years, it was either make wine outside the apartment uh, commercially or stop doing it because we were just giving all the wine away. So after five years, we found a facility outside of Los Angeles, and we now make wine up in Santa Barbara County in Buellton, and actually just opened our tasting room about a year ago in Lompoc. And so your tasting room is in Lompoc, um, and I know that the name Sweetser Cellars comes from the street your apartment used to be on, but you're no longer making wine there, of course. Right. And um, how many cases of wine do you produce now? It's on average about 1,200 cases. Um, varies on the year, the vintage, and what we decide to make. And um, are you, do you own any vineyards, or are you purchasing fruit? No, we just purchase fruit. Um, we realized, making it in the apartment, that it's all about getting top-quality fruit. So we really limit our production based on the vineyards we could be in, we could get grapes from. And where are you sourcing from? For our Pinot and Chard, we get uh, grapes from the Santa Rita Hills, uh, specifically Lon Cantada Vineyard, Rita's Crown Vineyard, Chapel Vineyard, and then Santa Maria Valley, Presqu'ile Vineyard for Pinot and Chard. We're also starting to make Chardonnay from Santa Rita Hills at Rita's Crown and at Chapel. And then we also source fruit from a vineyard that's just designated Central Coast, um, Lee Ranch, and we make Sauvignon Blanc, Rosé, Grenache, and we'll be making Syrah. Fantastic. And so your wines, as you were just saying, Rosé, Grenache, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Noir, what markets can we find your wines in? We're in restaurants in San Diego and L.A. and hotels. Um, some stores in San Diego and Los Angeles, and some stores up in uh, the Santa Barbara County region, also Santa Barbara, and then we sell directly to consumers. Fantastic. So we're going to jump over to a few little fun things. So what's your first um, memory relevant to wine? The first big memory um, was probably, well, aside from drinking jug wine in college, <laughs> <laughs> and we thank uh, Hardy Burgundy for that. Uh, the first serious winemaking, wa- or wine tasting, I think was a trip to Napa 
and getting exposed to really good um, Cabernets. And then actually the formative one was a trip to Oregon where we really kind of fell in love with Pinot Noir. And um, do you think that there's a perfect variety out there? I think Pinot. <laughs> Pinot is pretty perfect. Um, it's just, it's so delicate and it could go in a lot of different directions. And I always felt with Pinot that I knew, I knew what I was trying to do with Pinot, what kind of Pinot I was trying to make. Um, if somebody doesn't drink wine, what do they lose out by not tasting your wine? They lose, um, hopefully, a great taste. Uh, they, they lose, I think, the complexity of being a wine drinker, um, the subtleties of different wines, and it's, uh, it, it could be a cerebral process. I don't really like pushing that too much, but with a good glass of wine, as you sit over it, it sort of reveals itself to you. Uh, do you use social media? to promote your winery we and do. yourself? Yes, we do. We're, we're, uh, we have a website. We, uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and some others, but I'm, <laughs> that's not my specialty. <laughs> if you were running an ad about your wine, would you want to put your own face on the ad to promote it? Very much not. <laughs> so, no. Uh, Lisa, my, my girlfriend and partner in this, I trust to be the face of Sweetser Cellars. So Fair enough. Um, do you have a seller of wine? Do you collect any wine? And if so, what is the most expensive bottle you've got in there right now? You know, we're not wine collectors. I just... Um, just uh, wine drinkers. Yeah, we used to collect a little bit more, and um, I'm just... It's just not my thing. I think we have, when we were, when we were buying more wine, um, probably... Uh, probably a Bordeaux of some sort, or Kilsada Creek uh, Cabernet. But, um, yeah, trying to cut down on the collecting. So, um, if space aliens were to land on your property, which of the wines from your cellar would you give them to taste? That is not Sweets or Cellars wine, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, uh, if it's not Sweets or Cellars wine, I'd probably give them a Pinot of some sort. Um, if it were Sweets or Cellars wine, I'd probably give them our Rita's Crown Pinot Noir. So Pinot Noir either way. Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, traveling the world abroad, what is the best foreign wine you've ever drunk? And on that note, the worst one. Probably the best in the summer of 2008, um, which kind of kicked off our, our wine-making endeavor. We, we did a one-month program in France. And our second day there, we were taken to Clos Vougeot. And we did barrel samples and other tastings. And that's, that's clearly my most memorable. The worst, you know, honestly, there is no bad wine if you're traveling abroad. Oh, fair enough. So. <laughs> Just locally, right? <laughs> yeah, I can't even remember. It's probably some very inexpensive, yeah, I don't remember. Um, each vintage tells a different story. Um, so in other words, you know, do you think that there are more things that repeat themselves or the opposite? Well, that's interesting. Um, you know, what we're learning and what I'm learning doing this is there's always something different from vintage to vintage, but there's something very clear with each vineyard. So it's just getting nuances of what the vineyard can do and really even the blocks in the vineyard can do. So we've had four different vintages so far and each one is different um, and has a different story, but there's a consistency that runs through each vineyard. What's your opinion of wine critics and scores? 
I, I guess they serve a function. Um, I guess the, the scores serve a function. You know, maybe it's a necessary evil. We've been pretty fortunate, but it's still something I'm not entirely comfortable with. Um, we're going to get down to wine. You as a consumer, do you prefer white, red, or rosé? Ultimately, red if I'm really serious about it, but I find myself drinking more white wine, usually if I'm coming home and want wine. Still or sparkling wine? Still. Okay, you pick still, but if we go to sparkling, champagne or sparkling wine from somewhere else? I've had some great champagnes. I might prefer from somewhere else. Um, I just prefer, I, I, I like more interesting sparkling, which I think might mean non-champagne. From anywhere in particular? I've had from, no, nowhere in particular. No, I mean, I've had good from everywhere. So breaking the rules, have you ever paired white wine with meat or red wine with fish? Yes. Yeah. Always. Yeah, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had a few too many glasses or bottles of wine? And if so, do you have a remedy for a hangover? I definitely have had too many. Um, The remedy is drink a lot of water as soon as you can before going to bed. Um, What is your favorite film dedicated to wine? Wow. I can't think of very many, period. I'm sure there are a lot that I'm not thinking of. Uh, I mean, the only one that comes to mind is Sideways, I guess. So, Well, because it was filmed in the region that you're from. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Very close to home. Fair enough. So some people read tea leaves in the bottom of a teacup. If you could read the bottom of a red wine glass, what would you like it to reveal? Purity, clarity, deliciousness. When you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? Never thought of being a winemaker. Um, Well, that's a really good question. I didn't really have a plan. I didn't know even through college what I was going to be. Well, we should um, explain that you do have a day job as an SAT tutor. Yes, I do. I I tutor seven days a week, which supports the winemaking. Um, I came to Los Angeles to be a screenwriter, but I wouldn't say that was a childhood dream. (laughs) That'd be a very weird childhood dream. When you're not working, how do you spend your free time? It's usually late at night. I'm home cooking. I love to cook. I love coming home, cooking, even if it's really late. Do you um, do any sports in particular? Currently, no. I I do a lot of hiking. I like to walk. I walk anywhere. Um, I used to play sports. Just not a lot of time for anything organized. Yeah, because you have two full-time jobs. Yes, yes. What is your favorite singer or group? That changes... Frequently, I, I guess my all-time favorite's probably Bruce Springsteen. For a really romantic evening, what wine would you order? Probably a burgundy, either white or red. Do you recall the best piece of advice you ever received? Or, if you can't remember that, would you consider the best advice that you would give us? Um, the best advice I probably received as a winemaker is to stick to your vision and not overreach as well. And as a wine drinker, explore. Exploring is always important. Here, complete the sentence. A table without wine is like? Is like a book without words. I like that. Um, A VIP of any sort was photographed by paparazzi in a restaurant, and on the table is a bottle of yours being shown off. What famous person would you like to have drinking your wine? Boy, being in LA, I'm going the Hollywood route and I'm 
George Clooney. <laughs> but, yeah. Why not? What is your proudest achievement in your work to date? Proudest achievement in the wine working is making wine that I want to make, that I like. I mean, that's our goal is to make wine we would like to drink. And, you know, coming closer and closer to really hitting the mark. And do you think that uh, people will still be drinking wine in 2,000 years' time? My hunch is there won't be any vineyards in 2,000 years. I'm not sure if there'll be a world in 2,000 years. Okay, what about in the year 2300? Do you think they'll still be drinking? And if so, do you think what do you think they'll be drinking? I do. It could be a lot of port, a lot of uh, dessert wine. <laughs> I guess climate change is going to play change. a big role. Yep, yep. <laughs> So if you were going to a deserted island or to outer space, to somewhere where you couldn't access any wine, what would be the three wines you would take with you? <laughs> Definitely uh, white burgundy, maybe a dry Riesling, you know, Pinot Noir, American, French, somewhere. Among all the populations of the world, who do you think drinks the best in terms of quality? The French? <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, okay, so harvest is about to start. Well, not we're not there yet, but do you have any good luck rituals for when it is starting? No, I just try to get in shape and prepare weeks in advance, mentally and physically. Do you capture any signs or omens each year that predicts the outcome of the harvest? Well, you can walk the vineyards and see um, how everything is developing. and But no, no omens. No, no omens. No. <laughs> so many producers uh, walk in their own cellars and they speak to the wine in the barrels. Do you do that? And if so, what do you say to your wines? I don't, but if I did, I would say, please, <laughs> please. <laughs> okay. Um, what is a winemaking area in the world that you would love to explore still? I, you know, I, I've never been to the Loire, so I'd love to go there, actually. Start booking your trip? Yes, I know. <laughs> so just before we finish, there's just one more little game that we play for Wine Soundtrack, and that's where I'm going to name a couple wine grapes, varieties, um, maybe from a specific place, and I want you to tell me what music you would, or a particular song, you would be listening to as you drink that. So I'll make it easy and start with the Santa Rita Pinot Noir. I would listen, well, my head is saying alternative rock, but... That might be it for all of them. <laughs> what about um, a white burgundy? Uh, something maybe a little softer that I'm not necessarily sure I would ever listen to other than while I was drinking a white burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and one more, uh, dry Riesling. Mm. Again, I'm thinking alternative music. Okay. Yeah. So I want to thank you for joining us today. And if you can just remind people where they can find your wines, um, what's your website address? It's www.sweetsercellars.com. Fantastic. And they can visit you in your tasting room in the Lompoc Wine Ghetto in Santa Barbara Wine Country. Sure. Fantastic. Thanks, Michael. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to a new episode of Wine Soundtrack USA. For details and updates, visit our website, winesoundtrack.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.